0: Welcome
1: back and here we go for another episode of FileMaker Talk. Bop Bum
0: Bop Don't sing along. No singing along. Bop bup Bop Bub.
1: It just gets you gets you in a good mood right away, doesn't it? It does.
0: We're talking about file maker. Yes <laughs> Our favorite, favoritist, favorite, favorite app
1: I like favoritist, favoritist is good
0: <laughs> Oh my friend, it's been a while It's been too long Oh I think dude.
1: probably, I think we were going to record like in December <clears throat> And I had my tonsils out in mid-December Which pretty much takes you out of commission as an adult for a few weeks, a couple weeks at least How are you feeling now? Uh, I'm pretty much 100% now. Well, that's been, good. Been over a
0: month. That's good. How did, how did work go? You had people covering the work you needed to do, right?
1: Yeah, um, I did. So uh, I did some work from home, but I get, get tired really quickly. Uh, the painkiller medications are pretty awesome and pretty strong.
0: Pretty painkiller?
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. You, well, I'm glad you're on the recovery track. It's a good, good and all thing. All better. It's good to see you. We're we're on video here. You guys are listening to audio. All of you in audio land.
1: Because we sure don't want to show you our ugly mugs.
0: <laughs> That's uh, true. I keep balding more than I am already bald. But I digress. So what do we got? What do we? What do we? Uh, actually, we've got our topics, don't we? We've
1: we got really two, do. We got we got two
0: awesome ones. Two. One we wanted to jump on right when it came out, but I have to be honest. Uh, it came out, and there were a few people, and there was a little bit of flurry, but then you don't hear a whole lot about it. I mean, not too much. Just like some developers are talking about it, but n- no, I think there were only two uh, news outlets that picked it up, and they were like really low-level Mac uh, hmm. things that I heard in yeah. terms of media. But, I mean, other than that, not, not a whole lot of uh, publicity, but an awesome, awesome feature. What are we talking about?
1: Mm, I'm guessing Fias.
0: <laughs> Do we have Bye. to call it that? Bye. Fios. Who, whoever did Anybody that first you. needed to think about, is yeah. it is it Fias or is it <laughs> Fias? And well, then I mean, somebody's if it's like, fiber,
1: <laughs> you know, it's called Fios, oh, F-I-O-S. Man. And okay. this is F-I- F-I-A-S, which is the FileMaker iOS SDK.
0: App SDK, that would FileMaker. be the A-S. There you go, there you go. <laughs> So, we, yeah, we should explain to anybody who's uh, who hadn't heard the news, who's listening to this now, huh? FileMaker <laughs> made it possible for you to basically, uh, if you're familiar with FileMaker uh, Advanced, you've always been able to do what they call bind a solution or bind FileMaker to your files, and it will run without having to have an actual copy of FileMaker. This is the same thing, in essence, it's just FileMaker Go is bound to your files, but it's released as an actual app.
1: Right, which you can then put on a website for people to download. And then the big question is, put it available for free or for sale on the App Store. There's actually a really important difference, though, between...
0: Well, we should clarify that you can't just throw it on your website and people just simply install it.
1: Yeah, so it's a little trickier than that.
0: Yeah, there's, a, there's an app called TestFlight where that's the way that uh, developers get beta software out on iOS you you can send invites to people and then when they've got that invite it will allow them to install on their device your app for And beta I think that
1: is that still a limit to like 100 people or something?
0: I I don't know what the the limits are. I know that the the other tool where you can distribute it from an enterprise standpoint Mm -hmm. is, uh, I think it's called MDM or something like that. I haven't gone far enough to take a look at that. But there is a distribution tool that allows you to distribute the actual app. And it doesn't have to be through the app store.
1: Right. That one actually, like if you have a large fleet of iPads at a big company. It allow a single person, uh, or like a, you know the IT whatever person, to push it to all bunch of iPads. Yes. So you could you could have an app and you can actually push it out to a to a hundred or a thousand iPads out in the field, uh, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I need to take a look. Uh, look. Actually, I just brought it up in Google. I Googled it MDM uh, Apple, and it came up with the Business and Education Support page, which is mobile device. Management. So there, uh, mm-hmm. it looks like there's some servers that you can use um, where you can, uh, the device, I guess, connects. I don't know. I'd have to take a look into this deeper. The farthest I- I've gone is I've built an actual app and run it on a simulator and on uh, one of my own devices. That's the farthest that I've gone.
1: Which is cool. But let's, let's take step back and talk about what this actually is and kind of what's involved. And there's also um, there's some awesome information that Todd Geist and uh, Richard Carlton have both done a lot of work on this early on. So geistinteractive.com has, some, has a great blog that, that goes into it. And the two of those guys did a webinar. And I think there's also some videos that you can watch that give you a lot of a how-to of what it is.
0: Yeah. Um, Apple. I mean, uh, FileMaker also released uh, a couple of support pages, and then also within the FileMaker community, TechNet uh, community.filemaker.com, you can find uh, a page where you can uh, you can go through all the steps in order to actually make it happen.
1: Yep. Now, there isn't too bad, but there's there's a terminal command line thing you have to do. Um, Development has to be on the Mac, of course. But then the really cool thing is. You're, you know, the end of the day, what's awesome is you can actually have a your FileMaker solution, no matter how many files it has, running on an iPad with no need for the customer to go get FileMaker Go.
0: Correct. So, before
1: or after. So, just, just independent.
0: So, the first, if you want to look at it, uh, we can look at it at terms of downsides and upsides, I don't know why I always go downsides. The first downside is you're not running a trim binary. The app is as big as FileMaker Go, which means everything that you deploy is over 100 megabytes, I think. Right. Because So you're not running like a little 7 megabyte file. Even if you're just hosting one little table, you're getting all of FileMaker's integrated APIs. Mm-hmm. So that's the cool thing. The cool thing is the upside is... You want to access the camera? Fine. You want to do barcodes? Fine. You want to do Latin Lawn and do GPS? You've got it if it's on the device. You've got all of those right there for you. But you are distributing a pretty heavy file. Although, you know, a lot of people are buying the, I think, what's the base model now? 32 gigs or 64 gigs? or who knows? Yeah,
1: probably. They probably still have 16s, but the 1632, I think it's like 1632. They skip 64 and then it goes to
0: 128. Yeah. So space isn't that much of an issue, so. especially True. when it's a nice mission-critical app. So.
1: Um, yeah, the other thing that's interesting, well, there's a whole bunch of things I think are really cool about it. Um, when the app is running, uh, it's just always running. So there's no, like, on open script and on close script. Those just don't really factor in. Um, well, they, in fact, they it, do it, run.
0: The, the on, uh, on window first open and on window last close, those right. do run.
1: Well, the very, f- yes, but there's no way, if you close the file, like if you have a script step that closes the file.
0: It just reopens um, again.
1: It just reopens it again, right. And then, and then if you quit, like if you go to the home button on the iPad, that just suspends the app. It's actually still running, just suspended, hibernating.
0: <clears throat> um, yeah, so the rule there is uh, never run a script that's actually going to stay persistently running. The old, the old FileMaker trick, where you run a looping script. I, I don't ever do those. <laughs> Neither okay. do I. But I had to say it just because it reminded me of the yeah. uh, FileMaker 5 in earlier days.
1: Yeah, Actually, I do them sometimes for, like, like, if you're in the middle of something like a print thing or something like that, I sometimes have a loop. that
0: Update a progress bar.
1: Yeah something, well, yeah, something like that. Or actually, like, a loop that is just looking for a specific exit state to get out of the loop. Yeah. But even, I don't really even do that that much anymore.
0: So, so you want some more of the specifics? Fully about-
1: networking? So it works with, uh, with FileMaker server, also a very big difference than the previous binding solution for Mac and PC, where yeah. it cannot communicate with server.
0: In essence, it's you are running FileMaker Go. Yep. That's the, the, the biggest difference here is um, FileMaker Go, where it stores its files typically, is in the dedicated documents folder for that app. So FileMaker Go has its own documents app. And what's cool about this is when you bind with the SDK, you get your own documents path. Now, you have access to the temporary path. You have access to um, a couple of the, the paths. There is no desktop path per se. So you're primarily going to be using the, de- the documents path. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is the only thing that's in the documents path is your files. And another thing that FileMaker Go does is if you've ever exported uh, from a container, like exported a PDF or an image file, a PNG, that goes into the document's path as well. And FileMaker Go lists that within its uh, little on-device area. When you go into FileMaker Go, you've got that uh, recent on-device and then hosts. If you go to on-device, it will show if you've exported from a container those files. Well, you can't see those in your bound app, but they can exist and be there. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that the SDK works is there's a little flag that what happens is when you bind your files with the SDK, it keeps your two files. So if you want to typically start off with really clean, empty files, typically clones, because what happens is it moves those copies of those files into the documents folder. And that's where they're stored. Mm-hmm. And in the SDK, there's a an option uh, to do that each time that the application is started. So this would be a really frustrating thing if you did do this. It's set mm-hmm. by default not to delete the files. But every time that the application would be opened, you would be able to write out that exact same database. So what would happen is the user would just collect all their data in the file that's in the documents folder. You start up the new app, and it would just wipe that file out.
1: Yikes. Yeah.
0: So there is a thought process that you can use these – you can use – I don't know. I haven't found out whether you can uh, use it arbitrarily on certain files. I think it's just it means all files because you can store multiple files. Yeah. And the whole, my thought process is the way that I'm using it is I'm using the data separation model because what this allows you to do is once you bind with FileMaker Go and you're on the device, you really don't need to bind again – unless there's a new version of FileMaker Go, which has new features. If right. you want to update your solution, all you have to do is update the actual file. So the This cool, is a huge point. The cool thing is, if you use the data separation model, your data file can stay there, but your interface file, you can go out and get a new copy of inter- interface file pull that into a container and using a swap method, actually swap out using a little uh, utility file, Mm -hmm. close the main file, use the utility file, grab the new file from the web, and then push over a new UI file. Yep. So you don't have to wait for Apple in order to actually get an updated version of your actual app. Yep. Because yours is just a file in the documents path.
1: Not only that, but if you use something like GoZinc, you can even have your... Yeah your interface and your data files upgraded <clears throat> and with a method that, that keeps all of your data. Yep. You and so you could swap: Yeah, you could swap out and swap in really, essentially, completely unrelated files and have it still be part of the same bound solution running. Uh, and of course, all the other stuff, you get a, you get a custom icon on your home page. So it basically looks and works like every other app um, on your iPad my phone.
0: So that for me is the question. I I have not heard of yet anybody uh, getting approved or putting it through the actual App Store distribution model. And so my question is, wouldn't Apple question, hey, if, if users can completely swap out a whole new file and it looks like a completely different solution, is this something that we're going to allow? And so I'm really interested to find out whether somebody actually is going to get something on the App Store. I mean, I want to get some stuff on the App Store, but I'm sort of trepidatious in terms of approaching that process because, I mean, if we just can't get FileMaker Solutions up there, I mean, that would suck, but...
1: Well, I know that uh, Richard Carlton has submitted an app or two for approval from by Apple.
0: Well, I'm um. anxious to hear who, who gets them up because if if they can get in the store, I mean, it's not like anybody's going to want to do that, and obviously the first time that anything's found, they shut you down hard. Sure. It just happened recently with Chrome, and they're getting a lot of problems with uh, people injecting malware into Chrome extensions. Oh, boy. So, I mean, yeah, they, sh- they shut you down, and most people have very good intentions. And like any, you know, programming effort, you can mm-hmm. always put in stuff that sort of skirts whatever policies are, but... I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that we're able to get something on the device. You get control of your own icon, your own startup screen. Your own uh, there's a resume screen. Um, you can do a you do a low resolution icon, a high resolution icon. Some of the other things that uh, some developers might be interested in. You can I posted this on Facebook and Twitter the other day. You can determine whether you're running within a custom app environment. FileMaker obviously did not add a new function for this, but if you use the Get FileMaker Path, what will mm-hmm. happen is it will re- the last segment on the path of Get FileMaker Path will return the name of the application that you've given it within the SDK. So if you've named it uh, Testing App, it'll be named Testing App dot App, and if you strip that off of the FileMaker Get FileMaker Path, you can determine okay if that's what's being returned, I'm in in my custom app. And then you can do your logic based on that. Another interesting thing is the uh, get application version. If you use the get application version function within FileMaker Go, it'll obviously return 14.0.4, which is the current release of Go. Well, if you use it within your custom app, it returns the version number that you actually put within within Xcode for your app. So if your app is initially 1.0.1, that's what's returned as part of the get application version uh, custom, uh, function. Mm-hmm.
1: So there, there are some stuff you definitely have to do in Xcode.
0: Yes. Um, Although it's pretty minimal.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, but I wonder, though, is, are there if you wanted to do a bunch more, like if you wanted to have some code running in the Xcode side of it, could FileMaker interact with that?
0: Uh, that I don't know. That's would- all going to be, be dependent on what they expose? I don't even know. I, I, it's, you can see in Xcode all the frameworks that it uses in order to build, but uh, I haven't gone in depth to find out what they're actually doing. Yeah, My
1: guess would be the answer is no. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to let you just... Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't would... spend enough time with Xcode. Nice yeah, because
1: I mean, you know once FileMaker is running uh, in this bound way, it's really going to be running full screen. There are no parts of the screen or no Ways that you could execute code in that Xcode part of the of the uh, bound solution, that I could imagine. I don't no, know, could you're, you're
0: running FileMaker Go. Right. It just doesn't have the rest of FileMaker Go's uh, GUI. Although you do have to um, you do have to turn off the toolbars if you don't want to show those, because they will show, and it, you'll get oh, boy. Uh, FileMaker's UI. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the the switch on the file settings. Um, that where it says you want to turn those off, you typically want to do that on your 14 files so that you turn off those uh, toolbars. And then as part of your uh, startup script, you want to make sure and hide those toolbars and lock them off. So you want to control the full experience. But other than that, I mean, you you have uh, really cool access to everything that you're used to in FileMaker. The only yep. big downside is that it's just, from a perception standpoint, it's just still so low on list views. I mean, you still, if you flick your thumb really hard on a FileMaker Go solution, unless you're running the latest chip that they've got on the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. you're going to see that little uh, progress thing come up. It's like, oh, we've got we've to load this. And I really wish that they'd solve that so that it felt more native, and that would be like a developer control for client-side caching that says, you know, cache yeah. as much as you can. So the sure list that views are if, fast. If you
1: program it like so that all the fields on your list view are stored, and you're not looking at related things or unstored calculations or things like that, that makes a huge difference. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. But actually, me- I found in some of my solutions the list view performance, <clears throat> the performance found felt actually faster on the iPad Pro than it feels on the Mac.
0: Oh yeah, I don't. I mean, when you're when you're dealing with what you said, like a, a clean display where you mm-hmm. don't have. Piles and tons of conditional formatting, a bunch of unstored calcs and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that processor is running as fast as, I think, uh, what is it, the, the laptops that they're using? The, oh, the, like
1: the, the little mini, the MacBook?
0: Yeah, they're little 12 and 13-inch. Yeah. In terms of speed performance, they're both equivalent now. Wow, the, I, didn't the know that. Oh, I think it's the Intel Core M or I forget what it is. Yeah, yeah. Processor. It's
1: yeah, it's the twelve inch MacBook as you're talking about because I think the thirteen inch MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air still run a Core i five three five seven.
0: Yeah, no, it's not quite as fast as that yet, but it is the um, it is blazing fast for an iPad. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I. I have a solution that I'd really would like to get out. I know there's tons of people that they want to push stuff out. So hopefully we can... Oh, the one other thing that I came across that's a bummer. If you want to make your app look like an iOS 9 app, uh, at least currently, they are not. FileMaker does not currently have full support for uh, Apple's San Francisco font, which San Francisco is used in all of iOS 9. So you're sort of still stuck with iOS 8 look, which is Helvetica new or some of the other variants because they don't have all of the different weights and uh, faces for SFUI display and SFUI text, which are the hmm. two names of the Apple fonts. That uh, I mean, I would think that, that would give even more of a push is like, oh yeah, this looks like an Apple app. Right. Let's approve it. But sorry, you can't use it as well. I mean, I think they only have like uh, regular and bold but not all of the different variations that Apple obviously uses. So.
1: Speaking of Apple apps, Apple actually came out with a new one called Music Memos. I saw that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So if you're a musician, you can like uh, jot down an idea, like sing something or play like a one line thing on whatever instrument you play. And then you can add guitar and drums to it or bass and drums. <laughs> It'll like parse it out and figure out what key it's in. And
0: <laughs> yeah, and doesn't it doesn't attempt to like interpret your tone, music? Yeah. the tone you use, and then like yep. actually like make it nice.
1: Yes, a little bit. And then you can just make many of them. So basically, it's a cool way to capture musical ideas. So that's our extremely brief throwback to what we used to do, which is It's Not FileMaker. Remember those days? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 very much. <clears throat> oh. So, yeah, the, um, the, I, I still would rather call it the iOS SDK, even though that's much longer than FIAS. But, you know. <laughs> oh. I'm really excited to get going with it. And it, I think it's going to underscore also the importance of sync and my one dearest feature request, which is a native ability built into FileMaker to do an invisible background sync the same way that the contact um, uh, address book basically functions on your Mac and your phone and your iPad. So if you go into your address book and you update something, it just invisibly flows out to all your other devices and it handles that i know it's not a small task but it's my number one feature that i want to see in filemaker go uh so that all the data can run locally and it just syncs it up to the to the server and to echoes it out to all the other devices basically
0: yeah they'd have to tap into the icloud api for that and you know, sort of figure out how they wanted to handle their own syncing. I would imagine. I mean, their primary objective is they want to get seats on license uh, or seats on server. Mm-hmm. So, because you're, you can install a local file, and that local file can then in turn connect to a server-hosted file. That's probably the most ideal. The problem is that FileMaker has so much latency in terms of what it transfers back and forth, the constant polling, that Mm -hmm. it's never going to be able to beat something like REST, where you're basically able to say, okay, Mm -hmm. just tell me whether or not this uh, contact record, Matt Petrowski, let's look at an MD5 hash. um, Is it different than what's on the server? Oh, the server has new information? Okay, I just need to update his address, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And you just pull that tiny piece of data. But no, when you connect to a FileMaker-hosted solution oh, my gosh, there's all these round trips and all kinds of stuff going on.
1: Well, yeah, because that's, you know, in defense of FileMaker, that's because it's designed to be live, multi-user. One user adds a record, another user can see it right away, and you chain out that that whole awesome stuff that we really love, which doesn't really make sense on a mobile solution for the most part.
0: That's what what they need to address because that's what they're competing against. They're competing against apps like Zojo or a native app, app where you mm-hmm. are not necessarily native, but um, an, an app with a web wrapper, I'm, t- I'm thinking of PhoneGap, where you're using JavaScript. And I mean, these people are hitting you know, Node.js servers that are super lightweight with just minimal data transactions, and FileMaker really has this burden, this overhead that is a, its legacy, that if they can write some APIs or some give some developer controls that allow things to be a little more lightweight but then give us access to all of the APIs that they're hitting directly on the device without mm-hmm. actually having to go down to uh, the native APIs no oh, that's brilliant that's yeah. just that's rapid application deployment with all the different advantages yeah. that that's yeah. So me that that like actually the holy kind of grail
1: past that limit right so like right now you have that like 100 like if you want to have a bunch of people work on a solution that feels like it's connected it either has to be connected to the FileMaker server while they're using it or to use something like you know, GoZinc or um, right. um which, you know, adds a lot of extra, not a lot, but some extra development and expense and licensing. Yeah. But, but if it was built-in native, then you could actually deploy, it would kind of bust past the limit of number of users you could have.
0: Yeah, if they did bridge that gap and they, let's say they tapped into the uh, iCloud APIs, that, that right there for them as a business would be a, a brilliant solution because now their users don't have to worry about it. So I don't know whether it's a checkbox or what happens. They just like, yeah, keep my data in sync with uh, an iCloud store. How that data is stored. It's the the data storage itself that I don't know anything about how iCloud API stores it, whether you have your own ability to define your structures or whether you're beholden to something that Apple's defined. But that would be. This is
1: kind of what I was getting at with the other thing, right? So imagine if you had a solution that just uh, had a script that was like an on timer or whatever, and every 10 minutes while it was running, exported all of its data out to a text file in that documents folder. And then some other part of your bound solution that you write in Xcode goes to that documents folder, connects to the iOS API. I'm totally fantasizing here.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and gets this, that
1: data. But see, now this bypasses FileMaker server and bypasses licensing.
0: Well, what you're saying can already be done. REST is a common protocol that uses HTTP yeah, right. in order to pass things. We yeah, have the ability to post and get. So we can't delete. We don't have some of the f- functionality, but we have the ability to pass information securely by pushing it to another server. In fact, I myself I use um, Goya's REST FM. Yeah. Rest FM will set up and preempt your FileMaker database. It uses the custom web publishing PHP API. Mm-hmm. You hit that, and within FileMaker, you can use the uh, HTTP post uh, URL and push stuff from your FileMaker database back and forth. And you're yeah. not actually connecting to FileMaker server. That's actually how I avoid the latency. Now, in that case, mm-hmm. I am using FileMaker server in both places, but there is nothing that says that you couldn't just use Node.js um, or an online database, parse.com, mm-hmm. heroku uh, I forget how to pronounce it, a Postgres database. Uh, it's just that's, that's what they need to solve. They need to solve this a solution or the situation where those of us and those clients that end up using FileMaker because it's so quick to do things. They need to give us those opportunities to leverage the, the technologies that other people are taking advantage of. Otherwise, people jump ship and they're like, oh, "I'll just go use this other technology." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm I'm really rooting for FileMaker. I'm really rooting for FileMaker. But there's just a few things perceptively that they've that they need to. I mean, they need to support a lot of your common protocols. But then the question they ask themselves is: Is this a, is this jeopardizing our own market? If we add in support for JSON, if we add in full support for all of the different REST uh, applications, putting in header support for um, HTTP requests, uh, then then uh, yeah. it's just like you know, it would
1: be really awesome if there was like a, a way, like on FileMaker's website, where you could like come up with all these great ideas and <laughs> see what other ideas other people have, and then like vote for them. God, that'd be so awesome! if What?
0: Did no, wait, that. wait, wait. What is that? That's our segue? That's
1: our segue. I've been working up to that for like 10 minutes.
0: Because I wouldn't get off the iOS stuff.
1: (laughs) Neither would I, if left to my own devices.
0: All right. So our segue is all of the features that people are looking for in FileMaker, since we're uh, going on and on about all the features that we would love to have. All right. I'm trying to find my page. You're loading up your page?
1: Yeah, so basically the idea is you can do a search for um, what did I decide you could do, and it would come up with really quickly. Um,
0: Okay, the first thing we need to do is point people to where all of these feature requests are coming in. So FileMaker has always had feature requests in the FileMaker environment. You can go up to the Help menu or one of those menus and say, uh, Suggest a Feature or Feedback or something like that. But they didn't have a public place where people could... View, discuss, and rate these things. They just sort of went into the black hole of FileMaker, and you didn't know whether people actually even saw them or they were.
1: Well, I know people did see them because uh, I've talked to like Rick Kalman at FileMaker and others, and they look at the, they looked at those all the time. But it was kind of still you know invisible. So now in the FileMaker community site, if you do a if you do a, a web search for FileMaker product ideas, the first A link that should come up will be into the FileMaker community site. So when you log on with your account, you can see um, and vote up or down all these other great ideas other people are coming up with.
0: Now, we had an issue, or I did. I couldn't actually get to the point where I could sort it by score, but there's two different – when you get to the page, it says product ideas is the title of the page – and they have these little tabs within this FileMaker community site of overview, content, people, and subspaces. Well, you have to be on the content tab, and then once you go onto that content tab, there is then a sub area beneath it where there is another tab that says ideas. So both of, both of the tabs list the total number of items, which I'm looking at it right now, and there are 611, but only the ideas, the second one on the right, actually allows you to then use a little um, pull-down menu where you can sort by title, sort by score, and sort by most votes. So do you want to take the first one? Because I've sorted by most votes or by score here myself.
1: Oh, yeah. We're gonna, so what we're going to do for the next uh, six hours is we're going to go through <laughs> each of these on the podcast. <laughs> Um, no, I think we decided to not talk about too much of the ideas, but um,
0: list. I, the, it, I like how you the pronounce top the top ten
1: ideas. By the way, what did it's I say? I, I, ideas. I don't know. You have some. You have some unique accent.
0: But you know what? Do you Sounds say do you, you say boolean or boolean? Boolean. Boolean. How do you pronounce it? It's, I both ways because I never know. I've never taken the time to actually look it up to see which one it is. So sometimes I'm boolean and sometimes I'm boolean.
1: Boolean? Yeah. As long as you're not bulimic, all is good. Oh, where's the Uh, drum roll?
0: (laughs) I don't even
1: know if I have um, one, but I can give you a crowd. Laughing at me, good. Yeah. (laughs) So there's some great posters here. Vince Manano, Chris Irvine has some awesome ones. I always vote his up. Um, Aggie Riley is a bunch of people who have really, really good stuff here. All right,
0: let's list the top 10. Really? Come on. Go ahead. Okay, updated deployed solutions. That's number one. It's got 135 votes. Field labels has got uh, 121. That's our number two. Built-in JSON functions. Mm-hmm. That's you pronounce that th-
1: JSON, not JSON, huh? I wonder Jason. which is correct there.
0: I said J and then son. <laughs> 94 Jason. votes on that one.
1: Right, Chris Irvine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> number four is improved email oh gosh i think i'd vote that one up to like it's number kind two. of
1: astonishing that you can't natively send html email from the,
0: within filemaker but with multiple attachments in today's day and age Uh yeah yeah all right so that's 86 so at number four number five better modernized import yes congrats uh, on that one yeah definitely horizontal portals uh is Down there at whatever, I forget what number I'm on. I'm lost now. Then we've got native multiple parameter passing. Very good. Auto resize custom dialogues. And then programmatically turn off script triggers. Oh, I'd love to do that.
1: Improvements
0: to script workspace. Those must be specific things that Vince has actually input into that one.
1: Well, Vince had a thing a, a year or two ago where he um, kind of polled a lot of developers in the FileMaker community and got a lot of these same ideas, I think, that we're looking at here.
0: So that was and, number 10, improvements and, to the script workspace.
1: Yep. <clears throat> and um, submitted them to FileMaker kind of as a, uh, a unified thing. And I think what came out of that is this, a way that we can use the same ideas and the same um, voting system that, that he built Um and make it actually an official FileMaker platform. So I'm very, very happy to see this. And I really hope I obviously these these things are going to take a while to actually echo into the product. But I think it's pretty great. And some of them have had over a thousand views, which is great. But I think we need to get a lot more people looking at these and
0: Yeah, I'm bummed. My biggest ideas. one isn't even in here. I oh, want really? I want shared layout part or shared layouts where you can build a layout and then you have a layout a new layout object which can point to that layout part. So say for example you build a layout and on that layout you, build, you put a portal and this portal is going to act as your sidebar well why do I have to put that across 10 different layouts? Why can't I just have a new widget now and actually just drag that widget just like I do the portal tool onto the layout and say point this to my uh, sidebar layout, and it just loads that layout part. For me, that'd be cool. Uh, reusable layout parts is what I'd probably call it.
1: You know, it's embarrassing. I don't think either you or me have ideas up here yet. We haven't taken the time to to actually put our own ideas in here.
0: Dude, I know Vince is busy, so he must have uh, lots of free time. <laughs>
1: well, I I don't know. I think I, I think there's just a. I think what it is is. He's slightly prioritized this over some other stuff to get it actually up here, and you and I haven't done that yet.
0: Yeah, congrats um, to Vince. He's, uh, of all of the top ten, he's got five of them in yeah. Five of the suggestions are from him.
1: <laughs> he is kind of all over this place, and his ideas are great. So we've also yeah, got
0: Irvine, Intex, Thomas DeHaley.
1: Yeah, there's Tom Fitch, my buddy. He's in there. By the so. way, that uh, built-in background sync idea... Is a uh, one that Chris Irvine posted, so you can vote on that one.
0: Yep, that's down there, probably around uh 15 or so. Yeah, and again, if they integrated with uh, iCloud Sync, woohoo! I know that would be really nice. So, of all of these, of the top 10, which one would be your most uh desired? Built-in background sync. Oh, that's not in the top 10 though. Yeah, that's 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 down there. It's uh the ability. Uh, Let's see,
1: JSON functions would be would be my uh really my number one. Yeah, that
0: is that's blowing me away. That's interesting. Well, I mean,
1: over horizontal portals. Yeah, if I had to pick one thing, because I think that's going to be like you know what we were talking about just before we recording recorded is keeping FileMaker relevant and modern and you know. Uh,
0: to keep them competitive with all the yeah, other stuff? Good. Yeah, I'm, oh, I, I was, was looking, looking at this other website. Updated deployed solutions for me.
1: Yeah, and do you know this? Uh, I don't know if it's... Uh, here we go with the pronunciation again. Zapier or Z- Zapier? Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com?
0: Uh, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is exactly.
1: It's like a middleware thing that makes it really easy to connect two different systems to each other. And they have you know tons of really basic ones. Like, for, for example, if you get an email... An email can automatically do something in Evernote or in Trello or in Mailchimp, or and they have 500 different programs that they integrate with.
0: Oh, like IFTTT. I if this, then that.
1: Yeah, but much more than that. You know, it, it actually kind of really integrates data from from these different things to each other. Huh. And if you take a look at their list, uh, Facebook. Uh, Typeform, WordPress, Google Contacts, Salesforce, Space um, all so many programs we all use every day for other things. Google Task, LinkedIn, Zendesk, Facebook, OneDrive, Instagram, uh, MySQL, Shopify, uh, Zapier itself, Highrise, PayPal, FreshBooks, QuickBooks, five hundred things. Guess what's not on the list?
0: Uh. FileMaker?
1: FileMaker. I cannot explain that. <laughs> Actually, what's also not on the list is Excel. And so really kind of in, I, I, maybe the reason it's not on the list is because FileMaker is a development environment. Objective-C isn't on the list either. You know, So other, other things that are kind of development environments and not just like…
0: Um, you know what blows me away? You just said FileMaker is a development environment. FileMaker has never been, from FileMaker's perception, as far as I know, a development environment they themselves i think see themselves as an end user database in fact what one of the things that i've been thinking is oh my gosh it would be so awesome if filemaker would just take what they have in terms of talent resources and their their ui builder which is the real to me the the that's their killer sauce and say okay we're not an end user database company anymore we are a rapid application development company. Do a pivot, even do this is heresy, but do a rename, like do a rebranding like mm-hmm. um real software did to recall themselves Zojo or some other name from what oh, they yeah. were.
1: Yeah, from from Real Basic. Yeah, and, whatever.
0: And you know, get back into the mainstream, get some big press, you know, getting tech crunch or getting these and you know, become a partner to all of these different services that are popping up where everything is so interconnecting with mm-hmm. each other, these online hosted databases and say, you know what, guys, we did do a good job. We were a good database. We still are a good database, but we're a local database now. We're not the all end all be everything database right. because you can go to parse.com or the uh, her, uh, the other one i can't pronounce it, but whatever. You can mm-hmm. set up an online Postgres database that just like, you want to talk about scale? We're talking mm-hmm. about hundreds of millions of record rows. No problem. Yep. With, with fully accessible API. It's like, let's, let's partner. Let's, let's tap into these services. Let's become, I don't want to say let's become relevant because it's well, now, the, but right now.
1: But on the other side of that, as I scroll down this list of 500, and you know, I I listed the ones that I've actually used and heard about, and now I'm looking at a list of several hundred that I've never heard of before. Lono, Cortex, Mega Ventory, Rocket Responders, OHO Projects, Requirement One, Delivera, Criticism, Traction Next, Interact, Spark Post. Never heard of any of these things. And so they're all teeny tiny little things. I don't even know what they do, but they're all integrated with Zapier.
0: Well, that's where I think VileMaker has the biggest advantage. I mean, they they do have a low barrier of entry in order to go from nothing to something useful. Yep. A lot of other environments, you start at zero and you are spinning your wheels for weeks before you feel like you've got something that you can work with.
1: Yeah, or you get into something um, that sort of paints you into a corner and you've got like a I don't know, like Sugar CRM or something like that. Maybe that's not a good example, but there's a ton of other CRMs. Probably a lot of those ones that I never heard of, but I just named, are industry-focused CRM systems. And they have a limited capability, and you kind of get what you get, but then to get beyond that, you can't really do it. And so FileMaker has that barrier, I think, really finely tuned.
0: Yes. I mean, I, I just I can't give FileMaker enough praise for its ability to get up and running and going with something viable but what FileMaker suffers from is they you ramp up to this certain point, and then when people hit issues with scale, it's like it stops. You hit yep. this cliff. You, you have to abandon and drop off of using FileMaker and make a switch to something else. But if they addressed that issue... Yeah, or then, spend a
1: ton of money to re-architect your solution to get past that barrier, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not going to deploy an app on the Apple Store have it become such a major hit because you've got this beautiful gorgeous UI that people want to use but then you're connecting to a filemaker database and that filemaker hosted database is going to crap out at you know 1000 people it's like no i need to handle 10000 people i need well, actually, to
1: handle filemaker go only handles 100 but
0: <laughs> i need to handle 20000 yeah in order for that to happen filemaker has to say you know what we have a good local database but we do not have a good distributed wide area database that can scale. Let's hook up with some people, some technologies that can. Mm -hmm. And uh, dude, that's, that's a, that is a sweet spot development environment for a lot of people because you don't have to abandon the tool that you learned to jump to something that's a little bit more powerful. But you know, I'm not passionate about these things. You're really tall on that soapbox, (laughs) (laughs) man. You're I like, just want the best. I want you're the, like eight I, feet I want,
1: tall standing up there.
0: I want my <laughs> investment of decades in FileMaker to be like, okay, this is, a, this is an environment. It is viable. Mm-hmm. It is relevant. It is here to stay.
1: I want and that I too. Just, Actually, I think I, I maybe, I don't know. I, I don't feel really negative at all about it. I want definitely the vision that you just laid out, but I'm so happy in the world that I'm in and with all the customers that are coming to me with these problems that I can solve and and I have fun doing it you know yeah
0: that's you know they're they're from what I've heard on the consulting side I have a lot of friends who run consultancies and are consultants the growth has been up FileMaker is they're getting clients they've obviously got the technology you can get now you know a native app on iOS it can connect it serves a ton of small business <laughs> needs Yep, it's we're just
1: like, I actually just hired an employee who I um, uh, found because he listened to our podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. I know. so yeah, you're right, growth.
0: I mean, so yeah, I mean they it's just that the that little thing where you just want to you want to dream big, but you know what the limitations are going to be, or as a longtime developer, I know the limitations that I hit uh, the other day when i was I was writing an update process for what we were talking about, how you can actually update a file in a bound FileMaker Go solution. I wanted to be able to update this, but in order to do that, I am writing a file out to the temporary folder in order to actually call the updater. So basically I write a file out to temp, it opens up, it can see the other file that's open, my main solution, it can close this down. It does that via the FMP URL so that you don't actually have a connection between them, but I can't del- you can't delete a file. FileMaker is, is such so like after my update process mm-hmm. I've got the new solution on my file. I now want to just I want to clean up after myself and kill mm-hmm. the file that I created in the temporary folder. FileMaker doesn't have basic file operations in order to do things. No, but you know you how I did ex- it?
1: Yeah, you export nothing on top of that <laughs> file name.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is sort of uh, yeah. you have to you have to say show all records Take it out. Mm-hmm. omit all records so I have an empty found mm-hmm. set and export zero records to this file location in order to to delete. <laughs> I'm just like, oh come on. I mean there should be a, a function that's like delete file or create file or you know just things that you want to have that every other environment has. And those things are the things that I'm usually like, come on, come on, you can do it, FileMaker. I know. I've Regular I've been using expressions. Troy File for those
1: things for years because it can do all that.
0: But you can't do it on mobile, so. Yep, that's true.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, well, branding. files, I mean, the whole idea of a file on mobile is even really weird. They don't really exist, sort of. It doesn't really have a file system kind of like a computer does.
0: Sure it does. Mm. It, to- it is one. It's, it's Unix. It's Linux. Everything in all computing is a bunch of collection of files.
1: I mean, in FileMaker, I mean, in iOS, files. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have a desktop and you don't have like a documents folder. It, really, it fundamentally handles files differently than a computer because that's a complex and ugly part of using a Mac or a PC. No, the,
0: it's just that the user doesn't see it. Exactly. It's all, that's my It's point. all there.
1: Yeah. The user point.
0: doesn't interact with it in that way.
1: Yeah, you can't crowd your desktop with a bunch of crap on an iPad
0: because
1: all you can put on there is apps,
0: you know. But as a developer, you have to work with files. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, a developer, the whole premise of a developer is organization of an idea, and typically that falls into the form of multiple files. You have a config file and then you have an exported file and then you pull a file from the net in order to import that file and then all of your images are support files and resource files. Yep.
1: No, I get all that. I was talking about it from the user perspective.
0: True. True. The user does not see that going on. So,
1: all right. Well, We left plenty to talk about for next time, didn't we?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go through those features and talk about how we'd implement them and what we'd like in them and all kinds of stuff. But uh, all right. Well, you know, uh, that's our intro, but I'm going to play it as our outro.
1: Play it backwards.
0: (laughs) I forget which one I uh, play for heading out, but this this one will work. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy. It was good talking to you.
1: I was good talking to you, too.
0: All right. See you later.